Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, August 16th. Happy Travel Tuesday to all my listeners out there. If you're listening to this later on in the week, though, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can get notifications every time a new episode drops. We got a great episode for you today. I'm here in the fabulous Las Vegas, currently recording from my room here in Aria. I'm here for Virtuoso Travel Week, also known as the Fashion Week of Luxury Travel. Um, it's, just, it's a fun name, you know, fun phrase, whatever. But seriously, though, some people are dressed to the nines here. It's absolutely phenomenal. The atmosphere here is great. It's electric. People are really excited to be back together and connecting. And it is a grind. But we will touch more on Virtuoso Travel Week here in a bit. As joining me later on the show is Matthew Upchurch, chairman and CEO of Virtuoso. He and I will discuss the current trends shaping the traveler's mindset and talk about luxury travel as well. But first, as we do for every show, in case this is your first time listening to the Travel Polls podcast, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. We begin with CDC issuing updated COVID-19 guidance for the world there. And Americans, unvaccinated Americans, don't have to quarantine anymore if they've been exposed to COVID-19, according to newly relaxed guidelines from the CDC. Also, people who test positive for coronavirus can end isolation sooner if they are asymptomatic or their symptoms improve quickly. This will certainly help traveler confidence. Some people haven't cared for the CDC's guidelines or thoughts in any part throughout this entire pandemic. But, you know, I mean, you, you can look at some of our Facebook comments and you'll, you'll see that. But I mean, the reality is, though, that some people do strongly care and they are very concerned about this still. And there's still a great deal of people who are just now took their first trip this summer. And since the pandemic, they took their first trip, you know, and and some who have still yet to even travel at all there. Those people are out there. But, you know, now that there are relaxed guidelines, it seems like, you know, we're, we're emerging better from this. And, you know, some people have only gone to see family. They haven't done like a true vacation and booked with anything. So th- this will absolutely increase the traveler confidence. And it's only it's only a good thing. So the CDC is expected to release guidance and recommendations specifically for travel coming soon, according to a recent report from USA Today. So no exact date was given on that, but uh, I'm flying tomorrow, so I bet it's during I bet it's during that time. But big news loves to happen whenever I'm on a plane, right? It's It seems how the world works sometimes. Where this obviously is going to make a big impact, we've already seen that ever since the CDC's news came out, is over in the cruise world. And we've got a full current vaccine and testing requirements for all major cruise lines up on TravelPulse.com. You can find the full rundown there. But I do want to highlight the most recent ones from the last few days. Disney. They will be changing their vaccine and testing requirements beginning September 2nd for all Disney Cruise Lines cruises departing from ports in the United States and Canada. All travelers who are 12 and older must be fully vaccinated. Children 11 and under are no longer required to be vaccinated. Vaccinated guests departing on cruises from any port in the U.S. or Canada must also provide a recent negative COVID-19 test result. If they do not provide their own test, they will be tested during embarkation. Travelers who are not vaccinated must submit a pre-departure test and then test again upon embarkation. For Seaborne, starting September 6th, fully vaccinated passengers sailing with Seaborne no longer will no longer be required to submit pre-COVID-19 tests. However, unvaccinated guests will be required to submit a self-administered test conducted within three days of sailing. The simplified requirements apply to most of the luxury lines itineraries of up to 15 nights and do not apply to cruises in countries such as Canada, Australia, and Greece, where regulations may vary, Seaborn said. And for Carnival, they had a couple updates in their brands. First for Carnival Cruise Line, fully vaccinated guests heading on cruises no longer than 16 nights no longer need to test prior to embarkation. Unvaccinated guests 
over the age of five can cruise as long as they provide a recent negative medically or lab-administered COVID-19 test result. And there may be restrictions or exceptions to both rules, depending on the specific destinations, as is the case for everywhere right now with all the lines. So, and in uh, another carnival brand is Princess. Starting September 6th, vaccinated guests sailing on voyages shorter than 16 days will no longer be required to test before boarding and will only need to upload proof of vaccination. Unvaccinated guests or those who do not provide proof of vaccination on those itineraries will be required to self-test within three days of sailing and upload proof of negative test before boarding so to my cruise advisors out there are you receiving more calls i mean a lot of there's been a lot of protocol changes in the last like three days really alone and uh, last week for sure so let me know i'm, I'm curious on that podcast at travelpulse.com i know carnival sent out a release today that they saw a huge boom ever since they announced on friday i talked with the guys at seaborn here today earlier uh shout out to steve and uh, for it in the executive meetings that we did earlier this morning and they're already seeing an increase too so it's happening folks it's uh it's we're getting back to the regular time and i want to say regular i don't know if that's 100 percent right because it's obviously still you know a different experience for sure but we're getting closer and closer to what was used to be normal although it's going to still be slightly different just because it is a new normal i know a lot of people despise that phrase but you know this new normal is a better normal so let's let's put it at that you know in other cruise news the Cruise Lines International Association, CLIA, announced dates and activities for Cruise Week. Cruise Week will take place this year from September 16th through the 25th. The yearly event will see a host of trade-friendly cruise initiatives and updates made available for travel advisors. CLIA said in a statement, quote, We're very excited for this year's Cruise Week that's on the horizon and are eagerly counting down to the raft of trade initiatives we'll be putting in place. We're encouraging all agents to stay tuned via social media and our other communications platforms. There is so much positivity and enthusiasm in the industry, and Cruise Week is timed perfectly to help generate even more customer interest, engagement, and inquiries, end quote. Clio will share sales tips from Cruise Line's executives to support travel agents looking to increase their sales in addition to hosting a number of special Cruise Week webinars. There will also be exclusive Cruise Line deals and incentives for the trade to be published in the membership area of the Clio website. So be sure to check that out, all my cruise advisors out there. And rounding out the cruise news here, Virgin Voyages, they closed just today. It was actually a press release announced this morning, $550 million in new capital raised to support the growth and including the launch of two more ships and expansion into new markets in Australia and the Caribbean. So Virgin Voyages, they're booming and uh, building some big, big monies over there. I love to see that for just the pure growth of the tr- cruise industry. It's a new brand. It's exciting. There's been a lot of positive feedback about them. So adults only, kids cannot go on it. And uh, I know a lot of adults who absolutely love that. So transitioning over to the air travel news space, airfare prices continue to fall and are expected to drop even more this autumn. So data from the Department of Labor shows that airfares fell 7.8% in the month of July compared to June, and that was on top of a modest 1.8% decrease from June to the uh, peak in May. So travel booking platform Hopper, they forecasted some data as well. They're forecasting that round-trip domestic airfare will drop by an estimated 38% from its peak summer prices on into September and October. Love to see that. Better prices all around. So prices for round-trip domestic flights are expected to cost around $238, which is down $142 compared to average summer fares. Obviously, depending on where you're going, you're going to see higher prices than that. You're still going to see your popular areas. They're going to have an influx. If you wait too long, you're definitely going to be paying more than you have have ever in the past before. That's where we're at in the state of inflation. But hey, things are getting better. 
progress people. There's positive news there. Prices are dropping little by little. You're going to see that in the fall. It's going to ramp back up in the holiday season when things get a little busier. And in the winter, we're going to see that too. And on into the new year, because that that's natural. That's the travel industry. That's what happens. You know, people, I mean, there's going to be deals to found for sure, but you, you can't wait. You got to get on this and move forward with it. So in other air travel news, the Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg recently said that the federal government needs to rethink the way it approaches regulation of the aviation industry. He said, telling Reuters, quote, we've been due for a refresh on a lot of our rules towards airlines, and when you get it right, the entire system is better off. Certainly, passengers are better off. Airlines have a responsibility to take good care of passengers, and we have a responsibility to hold them accountable, end quote. Well, let's see it, Pete. He did go on to say that the government has been more proactive and has completed 10 investigations into U.S. airlines and will follow up with an enforcement plan, uh, enforcement action. So saying, quote, we're untying our own hands with the update on unfair and deceptive practices, end quote. So, I mean, we know things will will tame down in the fall. As I said, that's natural. But, you know, the holiday season, it's it's dicey. You know, I think we'll we'll see an increase there. But that 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 is certainly the big test. Obviously, as far as the staffing issues, you'd like to think by then, you know, things are going to get better on that CERN. And uh, yeah, airlines have to get it right, though. That, that that time frame, the holiday season, all eyes are going to be back on them because I think it will be a quieter fall. But as far as staffing and delays and cancellations, that was such a, you know, huge thing over the summer here. We're looking at, you know, when we get to the holiday season, you got to get it right, airlines. You know, there will there's still going to be delays and cancellations, people. Mother Nature will do her thing. She's, she's going to do her thing, right? It happens every year. But the added issues that we saw throughout the summer just cannot be a repeat storyline when we get to this holiday season. It just, it can't happen. Moving over to destination news, St. Kitts and Nevis announced that it will end vaccination and COVID-19 testing entry requirements. So love to see that there are more places dropping restrictions and hoping in the coming months that we'll really see more, you know, in the Asia market that that will really open up even more. They desperately need it. So looking forward to hopefully some really strong positive news on the destinations that still do have restrictions out there, which if you're curious about that, we do have a roundup on travelpulse.com. You can see that on the front page there. So and other destination news, there was uh, some new research pulled together from money.co.uk showing the cities charging the highest tourist tax here in the top 10 cities around the world uh, that they focused on. We'll start with number 10, Bangkok, nine, Muscat, eight, Miami, Seven, Playa del Carmen. Six, Cancun. Five, Orlando. Four is Amsterdam. Three, Los Angeles. Two, San Francisco. And one in Honolulu, the city charging the most tourist tax there. It's at $62.85 per night. Hawaii charges a 10.25 transient accommodations tax. And the city of Honolulu recently added a 3% surcharge to this. So they'll set you back if you go there. But I mean, tourist tax is, it's kind of vital. I mean, it, it if it's really that bothersome for you and that's going to what's going to prevent you from going to a certain place, you know, definitely talk with your travel advisor out there and advisors out there. If you know that clients are cautious about money, then you need to bring that up in, in the forefront. I think if, if, if the extra tax or any sort of tourist fee associated with places, if that's going to be something that is a deterrent to people, then you, you know, you gotta, you gotta bring it up. But at the same time, like to, to me, like I look at these numbers and I, I see these cities and then I'm like, as long as these folks are using these tax dollars, to help the travel industry, to help tourism, to help their own people and, you know, using it in a good way, maybe, you know, more sustainable practices putting forward and you're building that up, then I'm okay paying 
you know, the, I've said this number of times on the show, there's like $11 fee to get into Cancun. I have no issue with that. I'm fine with it. There are more places charging fees and taxes as we emerge, you know, from this pandemic, people trying to make their money back. And I think it's okay. I mean, I don't think that there are astronomical prices out there on some of these situations, but could it get to that? Potentially. I certainly hope not that it gets to absurd level of prices, but at the end of the day, right now, what we're seeing, I don't think it's too crazy out there for some of these places to charge some tax. And you just have to look into knowing, okay, where, where's my money truly going when I spend it? And if that, if that's something you care about, because I mean, let's be honest, there are a lot of people out there who do not care. Well, I don't know. That's, that comes off a little strong, but I mean, there are people out there who is, they pick a destination. That's where they want to go. They're dropping dollars. They're going to do what they can to have a good time. So, you know, some of those people out there have a lot of money and we see that in the luxury travel space for sure, which is which is great. I mean, the luxury travel space is booming up and it, it's fantastic. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. But right now, you know, if you are money conscious, as, which is understandable in this current state of where we live right now, if tourist taxes is going to be an issue, then you know, make sure you talk to your travel advisor. And like I said, you know, find out where your dollars are going. If it, if it matters that much to you, then take the time to, to put in the research and, and, and figure that out. So that wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel. A lot of news that we didn't get to touch on today because the news is overflowing all the time. You know, it never sleeps, it never stops. So that's why you got to make sure you bookmark travelpulse.com to, you know, and uh, subscribe to our newsletters. Whether you are a travel advisor, a travel supplier, or a travel consumer, we've got a newsletter for you. And we would love for you to add that to your daily routine of checking out travel and, and, and checking us out. So thank you for listening to the podcast here. That does it for what's been trending in travel, as I said. So now it is time to jump over to our interview segment of the show, focusing on the current trends shaping the traveler's mindset with Matthew Upchurch, chairman and CEO of Virtuoso. For those who don't know much about Virtuoso, they generate an average of 25 to $30 billion in annual sales, making them a powerhouse in luxury travel and also a great trend forecaster thanks to their access of transactional data, consumer preferences, and global insights courtesy of their 20,000 travel advisors around the world. So let's get to that interview. And now joining me on the podcast is Matthew Upchurch, CEO of Virtuoso. Welcome to the show. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your work in the travel industry. Well, thank you for having me. Um, as you said, Matthew Upchurch, I'm the chairman and CEO of Virtuoso, and we're a global uh, by invitation only network. It's made up of the finest travel advisors in the world and some of the finest providers of luxury and experiential travel. Wonderful. So Virtuoso we travel week that we're at here, aka the fashion week of luxury travel, which I absolutely love. I mean, people are dressed phenomenally here. It's awesome. Um, so how does it feel here, though, compared to 2019 and the pre-COVID days? Well, I mean, it's it's this has always been an amazing uh, opportunity because we believe that the strength of the relationships between our advisors and all these amazing providers all over the world directly affect the, the travel of the of the travelers, right? So the better the relationships, the better the travel. Um, but I tell you what, nothing motivates human behavior like having something taken away from you that you took for granted. Uh, there's a lot of joy around here. People are, you know, we were here last year, but of course, three-fourths of the world couldn't join us. Um, so I was kind of joking that, you know, we were a lot of uh, uh, a lot of U.S. people here and a few Canadians, a few from others. But so it was, last year was more like... Um, a really good home-cooked comfort food meal. Um, it was very satisfying, very comforting, but it was a little bland because this year, now that we have all the Italians and the Greeks and the Latins and everybody from all over the world, it's uh, it's very flavorful, let's put it that way. 
There you go. I love it. Yeah, it's it's a lot of excitement, a lot of joy here too. And I mean, it helps, uh, you know, being in Vegas here. It's, it's electric and everything. Even if you don't drink or gamble or party in any sense, it's still still a great vibe and atmosphere here too. And the food is absolutely phenomenal. So kudos to your, your entire team too, because this is a massive undertaking and it seems like it's been going great so far. Everyone I've talked to has been over the moon about being here and being back and making connections. And you put it best in the opening session too about the, the travel industry is more than just travel. It's about the human connection. And I think that is spot on with everything that's going forward and, and what we're trying to, to to recover to and and especially advisors out there making making those connections with people so you know you guys have a vast network and 20,000 travel advisors around the world it's a lot of global insights and data and stuff so what are some of the current trends that are shaping the travelers mindset out there what's what's hot in Virtuoso's vast network well I think again back to the thing about you know we certainly you know, travel was already on an incredible trajectory, uh, you know, right before the pandemic, uh, driven by the fact that we've never had five generations of people all traveling at the same time in the number that they're traveling today. Um, you know, when the last baby boomer turned 60 in 2024, um, it'll be the first generation in the history of the planet where 80% of that generation will live an additional generation, which is roughly 20 to 25 years, and 80% of that um, in relative health. And then you go to the millennials and the Gen Zs who have really been prioritizing experiences over goods, and that's only becoming even more prevalent. Um, so I think, first of all, it's just the scale. I mean, as you can see, I mean, it's we are literally overwhelmed with the amount of business. Uh, I think the other thing that's been really interesting is we've been singing the praises and, you know, the value of using a travel advisor for a long time. Um, but, of course, all the complexities of travel have, you know, have really accelerated the number of people willing to use a travel advisor um, like never before and it's kind of finding out the value of using a travel advisor. Absolutely. The one thing I preach on this podcast, everyone who listens, they know I'm always advocating, you know, to, to make sure you use an advisor. And there are uh, over several thousand that are here already and networking with a lot here. And they are tapped into so much sales and everything that you guys are, are, are growing. And obviously, the key focus being the luxury travel market. And you did mention um, Gen Z and millennials and everything. And I think if you can expand on that a little bit and their growth, and especially in the luxury sector, too, because it's not a lot of people didn't really grasp that, I think. Well, 20% of all the millionaire uh, households in the United States are millennials. I mean, people don't understand that. And uh, But I will tell you this. It's, it's interesting. You were saying a couple of the other trends. Well, first of all, one of the most important trends is the fact that people are just traveling more often and for longer times because they've actually learned that they can work remotely, obviously. Um, but on the, on the, on the uh, millennials, I've been kind of joking around, but it's actually kind of serious. The millennials have taken us back to probably the simplest definition of luxury that you could have uh, because they're the first real true uh, digitally native you know, generation where pretty much they could do anything themselves online. And they've brought us back to one, the, one of the simplest definitions of luxury, which pretty much goes like this. Of course I could do it myself. I don't want to. <laughs> Which is pretty simple, right? Of course, I could mow my lawn. Of course, whatever. If I've had some relative success, you know, why would I want to do it myself? And particularly if I can find somebody that really knows what they're doing, has great connections, saves me time, has my back, right? And so I'm very grateful to the millennials for that because they're, you know, we're back to the back to the simplest definition of luxury. I love it. And as far as where people are going, are any destinations standing out among the crowd uh, as we head into the fall and the winter seasons? Well, first of all, I mean, look at Europe over there. I mean, it's like, 
Italy is just, I mean, if you're not planning it, you better plan now. If It's almost too late. Um, I mean, it's, it's, that's one of my main messages is, you know, plan ahead. Um, a lot of our best travelers have had started something that's only picked up, which is they're having, they're thinking longer in advance. And it kind of reminds you of that old, uh, you know, that, that, that science project we had when we were kids where you had a jar and you had, a, you know, like rocks, pebbles, and sand. And your teacher said, all this fits in this jar, but only a certain way. And a lot of our more sophisticated travelers, what they're doing is that they're thinking about their big milestone trips, right? Two, three years in advance or more. And they're kind of putting those down and started working on those early and getting those. And then they have kind of the mid-level trips that are maybe a year out. And then you have a little bit of a, of a science around that. And then you have your kind of like impulse trips, right? Oh, my gosh, there's a great rate availability right now to go do something. And we're finding that the, the travelers that, that have a more conscious plan um, are actually able to have better overall experiences and take advantage of last-minute stuff because it's in the context of a larger, uh, of a larger plan. That's great. And you, without, you know, you mentioning Europe, I have to bring up the whole air travel fiascos and you know some people call it pure chaos and a summer of hell and i think that's a bit on the extreme level for sure because things are getting a little bit better with department of labor release statistics that uh, prices are falling a little bit but do you think you know obviously things should get better in the fall but what are you thinking forecast wise prediction as far as holiday season and, and stuff well i yeah i think it will i mean first of all i do you know it's not an ideal situation nobody was fully prepared Sometimes the airlines are blamed for it when, in fact, some of the issues in Europe are not the airlines or the airports, right? The airport capacities and things. But I have appreciated the fact that um, there's been a movement here lately to just remove and cancel flights in advance. Um, I'd rather I'd rather have an airline tell me that they're going to cancel my flight 30 days from now and make adjustments than doing you know than being stuck the day before with things like that. So there's some things, but I. I I do think I think you'll see some uh, airfare price dropping, but let's also remember this: there are 100 million Chinese missing from the travel market right now. So I do think that you know we'll we'll see some ebb and flows, but I think that travel is in for certainly at the more experiential and luxury you know mass market. I think you know kind of um, that type of travel will be more affected by inflation and by issues like that, but. Um, but the more experiential type stuff, the good destinations, you better plan in advance. Absolutely, yeah. There's no there's no waiting in these days and in this time, especially as you mentioned with inflation. You want to capitalize when you see a good price and, and stick around. You could wait. I actually did this last week. I, I waited like six hours, and the flight price changed tremendously. I was like, oh, well, that, that's my own fault. But it happens out there, and that's why you know it's important to work with an advisor on the daily so this this was for a work related thing so i didn't have to reach for an advisor on on the travel plans but yeah it's certainly important and as we mentioned advisors i want to do want to ask your your key advice any takeaways um for all our travel advisor listeners right now for today's travel landscape what what's your keys or wisdom that you would love to pass on well throughout the pandemic i know it sounded counterintuitive when you basically didn't have any business but with the kind of with the uh, surge that you're going to see that I think is going to be for, for a while, my number one piece of advice is be very, very proactive in optimizing who your clients are. Um, and if you have those clients that are not really a great match that kind of suck the life out of you, um, get rid of them. And I don't mean that in a negative way. If they're not a good match, whatever, 
Life's too short. You, you know, advisors have a, a handful of really important assets, their knowledge and their wisdom, their connections, their available time, but also their life energy. Um, and it doesn't make that client wrong or, or, or you know, bad or anything like that, but just try to really align yourself with a, a group of clients that really appreciate what you do you know, and that connect with you stylistically um, because you know, uh, that life energy, that whatever that feeds you to be in any kind of – by the way, in any kind of advisory business, that's the key thing. So be very, very diligent. And don't just become a victim of, oh, my God, I'm just trying to keep up, right? Make sure that you're working on your business, not just in your business. So make sure that you find those times when you kind of look at who are my clients, what am I doing, what do I do, what do I want to do more of, what do I want to do less of, and don't just be a victim of, you know, overwhelm. Excellent advice. Thank you so much, Matthew. So where can people get in touch with you or if they want to learn more about Virtuoso, what can, where can they go? Well, virtuoso.com. And if you're an advisor, I mean, if you're a traveler, there's there. And then we have a whole section. If you're an advisor and you want to be with an affiliated Virtuoso member, then there's a whole process there right there. Thanks again to Matthew for jumping on the show and taking time out of his busy, busy schedule here at Virtuoso Travel Week. It is a grind, but we love it, and it's great to be back together as an industry and progressing forward for a lot of big things to come in the rest of 2022 and onward into 2023. The forecasts are saying that globally we'll be back you know, by 2024 with the recovery of the travel industry globally, but... You know, the U.S. market here is looking good. Luxury travel looking great. So it was a lot of positivity here and a lot of excitement stuff. So that is all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening out there. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or leave a review. I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you again and have a great week, everyone. 